Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we bring in Andrew Rinaldi of Field Pass Hockey to recap the Grand Rapids Griffin season. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Locked On Tigers. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today, Scotty, we have on a special guest. He is a writer, writer rather, for Field Pass Hockey. He is Andrew Rinaldi. And Andrew, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you today, Brian? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to talk some Grand Rapids Griffins. Scotty and I, as we talked a little bit before the show, Red Wings guys, we don't get a lot of opportunity to actually sit down and watch the Griffins players and how they're performing, which is why we wanted to bring someone like you on who sits there and gives news articles and updates and records podcasts about the Griffins. And um, the first question I think Scotty and I have is, how were they, man, this year? They they really – they. Up until the end of the season, they were in the playoff race, mm-hmm. but they did finish last in the division, in a tight closeness division. What did you see from the Grand Rapids Griffins this season, and uh, what who exceeded your expectation, and who you know was a little bit disappointing? Yeah, so you could kind of get the feeling early on in this season that you know maybe this this wasn't a team that was going to compete with like the Chicago's or Manitoba's of the division up at the top, but this is certainly a team that that had talent and and was quite competitive all year long and just at the tail end they just had a number of of different circumstances that a lot of teams in in the ahl run into you know their their leading point producer was called up for a month in taro hirose and you just you see a lot of that that coincided with a road trip going out to california to play two of the best teams in the league in Ontario and Bakersfield for a team that didn't perform well on the road. That was, it was just, it was a t- really rough stretch that they just couldn't get back from. They had their number one goalie and Calvin Pickard called up and then get hurt in Detroit. So that kind of left them, unfortunately, you know, down another man, they lost their number one defenseman on that road trip and Ryan Murphy to an injury. So between you know, you're getting guys called up. You're getting guys hurt. You're in this tough situation on the road where you got to play some of these big teams. And in the end, they just they ran out of gas. Some of the other teams in the division kind of picked up the momentum. And, you know, I think they, they finished lower than – I don't want to say they deserved, but – circumstances kind of pulled them anchored them a little lower than than maybe i think this team was capable of i think they were definitely especially in the expanded playoff format of the ahl this year that this was a team that that could have definitely made it but you know sometimes some things just don't really roll your way and and it is what it is in terms of players that that really kind of like exceeded expectations or really impressed me. I mean, you got this, this season begins and ends with Jonathan Bergeron. I mean, I feel like this is going to be a name that's going to be spoken a lot in this episode, but I mean, from, 
from opening night against Rockford, this kid, you could just tell, had the skill set for the NHL. And for him, it was a little rocky kind of opening up, which is to be expected. You got this this 21-year-old, he's now 22, coming over from Sweden, used to the larger ice, you know, more time to make decisions with the puck, little tighter checking, obviously, over here in North America. But with a guy like that, his game just got better and better as the year gone on. And at the end, was kind of just pulling this roster to try and make the playoffs as best as he could. I mean, over the last 12 games, he had something like 18 points, I want to say, and was just he, – he made a play every time he touched the puck. It's, it, it, was, it was amazing. And not only was, was just his, his work with the puck, his vision – I mean, obviously, you know, playmaking first and foremost, but when he releases it, he's got an incredible shot. But he added that extra element in this game of that physicality that, you know, he could go to the boards and get the puck out of a scrum or he went to the net and pick up those rebounds and is just really seeing him grow. And that is is what's going to help at the next level in the NHL where you're going to have even less time and less space and everything happens so much faster on a dime. So I've, I've, I was really happy watching Jonathan. I mean, you know, in, in the in post game interviews, he's just a great guy. And it's, it's going to be, I mean, you know, obviously one of the number one prospects for this Red Wing team to look out for, but on top of that, um, I was also really impressed with Jared McIsaac, uh, another young guy kind of is really worried. So I, I went up to, um, to Traverse city for the prospects tournament this September. And the first game I saw him, I mean, he takes this nasty hit from behind and has to be stretchered off the ice and, and just your heart sinks for a guy like this with the shoulder surgeries he's been dealing with and, you know, all the hype behind this, you know, second round pick in his draft. And he just can't, he can't catch a break, but he's in there for opening night. He, he maintains his development all season long used in all situations, power play, penalty kill, even strength, offensive zone starts, defensive zone starts, just a really dependable guy for the Griffins there on that back end, which is what we wanted to see and what we were hoping to see. And just, it was just a matter of staying on the ice for him. And this season he was mostly healthy for the most part. And it just, it, it, it just makes it feel good at the end of the day, you know, to see a guy just finally get on the ice there. And if you another one who might not get as much attention was the goalie Victor Bratstrom. Yeah, and, that's a good one. Because I, I know that sure. he was kind of forced into a role where he mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily getting a lot of minutes after the Calvin Picard injury. And yeah. right there, I think it was right after they called Calvin Picard up, he got a shutout. But after that, it seemed like he wasn't just by me here looking at the goal, uh, box score, wasn't making as many saves as you know you would expect which is why a lot of people speculated when they signed magnus helberg he was actually going to get sent down to grand rapids which never happened mm-hmm. so with uh victor bratstrom did you see any step forward from him this season absolutely i mean the the opening couple months of the season at least the opening the in october and early november i mean just 
really, really struggled. And you saw Pickard make 12 straight starts at one point, I want to say. So you could tell that coach, head coach Ben Simon was kind of not, I don't want to say, you know, skeptical to start him. But when you got a guy, you got a rock like Pickard, you got to ride the horse sometimes. And, and they sent Bradstrom down to Toledo to kind of, you know, focus on his game, get his confidence back. And by season's end, you were watching this this young kid, you know, he'd get the first start of the game and he's out there doing cartwheels at center yeah. ice. <laughs> so, yeah, just, just on confidence alone, I mean, that's it's, it, you know, it was a marked difference from, you know, October to, you know, here in April. I think that, you know, and in, in, in just in talking with him, he's the kind of guy who he wanted more starts and he wanted to take that number one job over. And, you know, I think it kind of having Pickard kind of battle with him there really pushed him to, 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 you know, work on his game and to, you know, he, for as much as he struggled at the beginning of the year, he didn't quite get so rattled as, as the season went on, especially when he was kind of like, okay, you're the guy now. And, you know, he didn't really have a, choice at that point it was just his net with with picks up in Detroit so you know if you're talking long term I don't know if this guy is really ever going to make the Red Wings um I mean you're looking at them signing Helberg you're you got Kosa waiting in the wings and everything but just just that you know at this level here in in Grand Rapids seeing him rebound from I mean you know I don't want to rag on the guy or anything but it was a pretty pretty bad start to the season i mean he just he wasn't covering his angles he was just you can tell just shaky and not just not comfortable so to go from that to being kind of the rock that they had to lean on they really didn't have a choice um going down the stretch but at least he gave them the chance to win every night now whether grand rapids kind of helped him out or not is another story but (laughs) (laughs) well and again and again, the, the Grand Rapids Griffins weren't really necessarily helped either by mm-hmm. the fact that the Red Wings called up a bunch of their players. I mean, you look at the Red Wings roster, like literally right now, right today. I mean, you got Taro Hirose, uh, uh Turner Elson, one of the alternate captains, uh, Kyle Crisculo, all those guys on the Red Wings roster who were mainstays on the Griffins. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily... I mean, yeah, the Griffins probably didn't play their best hockey, but they were also, and every NHL deals with, every AHL team deals with this, but the Griffins, it feels like maybe a little bit more so than other NHL teams, especially in a team that's a lottery team like the Red Wings, probably had to deal with more of their AHL talent getting called up uh, than other teams. And I, I do also want to talk about that too, is, you know, how badly did it hurt? But first, I do got to talk to you guys today about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKDOWN to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKDOWN. The best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Backed by over 150,000 
verified five-star reviews. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Andrew Rinaldi of Field Pass Hockey. He's given us a little bit of a recap of the Griffin seasons, what went wrong, what went, what went well. Um, and before we go back to my question, Scotty, I don't even know if you said a word yet. I was no, you know what's crazy? I was literally gonna start when I asked my my question. I was gonna say, I think this is the first time I've spoken so far <laughs> this episode. Um, no, I mine. I have like a. You should ask your question first, because I have like a like a. I'm, I'm gonna give them a platform and just let them ride. So you should you should ask your question first. That's fair. Um, so my question kind of goes back to something you touched on in the first segment. Uh, about the amount of players that got called up and how that really hurt them. The question being is with the amount of players that called up to the NHL level throughout the season due to injuries and players who can't play in Canada, stuff like that. Do you think that the Griffins did deal with more of that than your standard NHL team? And if so, did that have a detrimental impact on their uh, ability, let's say to make the playoffs? It's so this year was very unique. I think when we run through, you know, wind the clock back to January, right. And a lot of teams are dealing with, with a lot of the COVID protocols. And so I, I, you know, I also cover the Chicago wolves and uh, there was at one point I, their entire first line was up in Carolina playing there and they had two more forwards and like that. so I kind of think back to that and, the, you know, the Wolves, they found a way, you know, yep. every other team in this league is kind of dealing with the same kind of issues. I think that Grand Rapids just didn't really have the personnel to kind of fill in for those couple of games. So when, you know, you lose a guy like Taro Hirose for an, a whole month down, you know, the stretch for the playoffs, that's, you know, that's going to hurt. But they do have guys who, you know, like, Turner Elson, um, you know, Dominic Shine really turned in an offensive year this year. Tyler Spezia also had a career year. They had guys who, who could step up, but it, it was just not, not enough, you know. So I do think that they kind of got, you know, they had their call-ups, but I think those top-line guys were worth a little more because the depth really in this team just really wasn't there to kind of, keep them afloat. And, and, and we saw that, you know, we saw that when Crisco and Hiroshi were, were up in Detroit. I mean, this team, it was, it was Jonathan Bergeron and Riley Barber scoring or no one scored. And then Riley Barber would get called up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it's Jonathan scoring or no one scores, you know, (laughs) it's, it's really tough. And especially, I mean, Hiroshi's call up coincided with, you know, Ryan Murphy, their power play quarterback getting hurt for the rest of the year. So, it just they they couldn't catch a break. They didn't really have the depth to kind of fill in. And, you know, when you have all these factors kind of rolled into one, I guess, I mean, when you have a tight division like the Central, that's how you end up finishing last. Yeah. So my my first question of the show halfway through, we are <laughs> I, I am I'm very happy about it, by the way. You you are now hosting your own award show. Okay. Okay. You you have all the rules are your own. All right. Team MVP for the Griffins. And if it's Bergeron, then you're not allowed to pick him. <laughs> I would actually kind of go 
a little off the beaten path here, and I would go with Dominic Shine. And even though he's not like, you know, he's not a big name prospect, a lot of Red Wing fans would be familiar with, this is the kind of guy that you need in, in the AHL to, to A, stick up for, you know, if someone, some meathead from Iowa is going after Berggren, you don't want him right. gloves and going after it. You want a guy like Shine. And I'll never, my favorite quote of the season was when I was asking Coach Simon about Shine's game. And he said that he would share a foxhole with Dominic Shine any day of the year. And I think that kind of speaks volumes when you kind of get to know Coach Simon and you watch a guy like Shiner's game. There there was an important game in the, on that road trip in California where Spezia took a, a bad high hit and Shine you know, kind of dropped the gloves on the guy. And it got to the point where in the AHL, I believe your third instigator penalty, you automatically automatic game suspension. And I asked coach about it. And I was like, do you think you would have rather had shines gloves stay on in that kind of situation? I mean, you're in the playoff race. He, he was on a hot streak offensively and he was like, Nope, I, I stand behind anything that shiner does. And you know, I think that really speaks to to the. I mean, this guy just gave his heart on every every shift. He might not have been the most talented player, but he was he was a guy that you, at least the Griffins could depend on. And again, he's one of those guys who could play any situation. He made some power power play time. You know, a, little, a lot of shorthanded time, and you know was was just was a real just warrior for this team. I I would. Probably, I mean, you know, I, I love those those muckers and grinders. So I would probably <laughs> me too. Yeah, I love that answer. <laughs> so you know, and especially if you're if you're if we're taking Bergen off the ballot, then yeah, right. it's, it's Shiner for sure. So I want to know your thoughts on obviously you gave us a little bit on uh, Jonathan Bergen there in the first segment. Donovan Sobrango is another guy who a lot of Red Wings fans are looking closely at and taking in the third round, number 63 overall in the 2020 draft. He did get to play two games in the U, uh, the World Juniors with Canada, and he had one goal in two two games before, you know, World Juniors pandemic just wiped it out. Um, in the season with the Griffins, however, he had seven points in 63 games played. Is that about par for the course for a guy in his first professional season, or are you, were you expecting a little bit more out of him? Second professional season, sorry. He played yeah. last year. I, he, right. He, he kind of, you know, with COVID last year, he, I remember it was a big story that, you know, he wasn't able to play in juniors, so he was able to get some time up there in the Griffins being underage, which was, which was great. And I think – because of, you know, this wasn't necessarily his first rodeo here in Grand Rapids. I think I was expecting a little bit more offense, especially once, like I said, with the Ryan Murphy injury, that he might, you know, it might have been that guy who might should have gotten more of those opportunities and had done something with them. But I think in his own end is, is where his game really shines. And I'm, you know, I don't want to say he he disappointed offensively. I think I expected more, but I don't think he necessarily had a bad season by any means. I think he's still a very young player who's kind of learning to utilize these very raw tools that he has. And I guess when you have a guy like McIsaac or, you know, you bring in a AHL vet like Dan Renuff, 
I think those are going to be the guys that are going to be leaned on towards the end. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to bear that responsibility of being the guy when you're 20 years old, you know? (laughs) Well, that's important to know too, is like he did just play for U 20 team Canada. So while his, you know, you said that obviously his, as a defenseman, he was playing well on his own end. So point production, especially with defensemen is not really where you need to just look. Um, but it is very encouraging to hear from somebody like yourself who watches the games that, yeah, no, he, he took a pretty good step forward in his development and maybe there's still more room to grow, but that's because he's incredibly young. He's still very raw. So some players just develop on a different timeline. I mean, Jared McIsaac, who you talked about again on the, in the first segment, he's 22 now, and it finally seems like he's taken a huge, real, a real step forward in his development, being healthy for the, grand, uh, the majority of the season. And I mean, some players just develop on different timelines. Yeah, and when you're a guy like McIsaac, just being on the ice at all is <laughs> it's like you know, forward. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, do you got to talk to you guys today about BetOnline.net? BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online. Bet online. <laughs> Where the game starts. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Again, we are joined by Andrew Rinaldi of Field Past Hockey. He covers the Grand Rapids Griffins. We're picking his brain about how that Griffin season went. Um, before I have, I go to my next question, Scotty, you got one? I'm ready to go to Bergeron. So unless, I'm ready specifically, to. So unless you have <laughs> anything else on anybody else, then... My next question was Bergeron. So Okay, so was mine. So go ahead, Scotty. <laughs> I, I mean, I just want to know, watching him throughout the season, uh, you, you kind of mentioned in the first segment how as the season went on, he got more and more confident and everything. I mean, by the end of the year, do you think that he was NHL ready, I guess is my biggest question. I know I'm putting you between a rock yeah, and a hard no. place. But... No, I, I like it. I, I, I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I'm glad I have a good frame of reference over in Chicago and seeing like what, not that uh, like what a, like a, a Chicago, Chicago is the cream of the crop. I mean, it is what it is. I'll just say it, you know, it sucks. Your division rival, they're the gold standard, but you know, it is. And and I look at a couple players like Jack Drury, who I think, would be an NHL player if it just, you know, the not for the roster in front of him being a cup contender and everything. But, but for Bergeron, I think as it gone on, I, I think I would like, even though I think he developed a lot physically getting, I said, in the corners in front of the net, you'd, you might want to see a, a bit of a touch of that. I, I know it, it's, it's a, an interesting dynamic because you want to see him kind of battle a little more, but at the same time, he's not going to be your muck and grind type of forward. This is a guy who thrives in space and he knows, he, he knows exactly where the puck's got to go when it's got to be there. I mean, it's, it's kind of magical to watch, but I do, I I do think that in, in the right situation, he, I think he he could have earned a couple of, of game looks here at the end. I know that they kind of want to reward your guys like Riley Barber and Turner Ellison. Like, you know, hey, you've been in Grand Rapids all these years. We're going to kind of, you know, toss you a bone and have a couple games up here in Detroit and help you out. 
I think that could have easily been Berggren. I think he could have been a guy who, you know, you plug in for a couple of games, at least see where he's at and how he fares with the speed. I mean, every every guy I've talked to who's been up in the NHL and then has come back, it's just the speed and the way things happen up in the NHL is just is is a world ahead of this league still. And I mean, that's just you know, it's a developmental league. That's what that's what it's here for. So. I would have loved to have seen him. I think he totally could have done it. Is he ready to be a full-time NHLer at, you know, the end of March? Probably not. But, I mean, he's still got a whole offseason to work, maybe add a couple pounds, and then come in the training camp. And, I mean, he puts in a good camp. I think this guy is 100% going to be on the roster next year. Well, and that leads me to, like, the follow-up. If he's not quite to that point yet like what does he got to do and you kind of hinted at it there that your final sentence but what does he got to do to really make himself a no doubter for the nhl roster next season yeah it's it, it, i think just maybe maybe about like five ten pounds of muscle just a little bit you know uh, to edit that frame but again you know uh, you know talk about how these, these are young kids growing up he's you know he just turned 22 years old he i think just kind of it's all about kind of routine learning these, you know, this, these minor little habits of coming to the rink every single day. And, you know, you never take a shift off and I don't think consistency was ever his issue, but I mean, we've seen over the last month, I mean, this guy has just been a workhorse for, for this team, especially, you know, when he's like, okay, you're the guy he's he's taken that role and he's and he's really run with it i mean it's i don't again i want to sound like i'm pumping this guy's tires but i'm kind of pumping his tires i mean he really impressed me over the last month with with how his game evolved and and how he's just taken that next step is it which is it's not it's really not easy to do in your first season over in north america uh you know you got these guys that have been playing in the a for years and years and years and still haven't been able to kind of crack through that ceiling yet so i said i think he can i know coach simon wants him to be a little grittier a little greasier and you want to see that and then you kind of also got to understand that's you know that's not really his game and i i don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing that he's not he he's not always going to be there in the corners to fish those pucks out i think that he's he, if he, he's got to kind of be utilized in the right situations and the right scenarios, he's just, that's not his skill set. He's just, he's not a grinder. It is what it is. But I think, you know, and situationally he can step up there and, and win a puck battle on the boards, which is something that you couldn't say about him back in, in November. And these are just the things that, you know, you got to work on day in, day out, these little details. And I mean, you look his work in the neutral zone, his work defensively. He's had time on the penalty kill to to work on these areas of his game. And it's at this point, it's just kind of more just impressing the coaching staff in Detroit and and playing to a level where you gotta force them to keep you on. And I think he's he's certainly done that in Grand Rapids. And you know, I guess we'll just have to revisit this in September. Yeah. Do uh do you think sorry Ryan, do you think that the that that was also his biggest step forward this year too? Like it's the the physicality is the 
the thing that he needs to keep improving on, but that is like the answer to both questions. Like, do you think that that's also the biggest step he took at the same time? Yeah. Uh, like I said, this guy, I mean, you could tell day one that he had the skill to do it, you know, but there's a lot of guys that have the skill that might not have the drive, the work ethic, the, you know, I'm at, at this level, everyone's skilled, but it's right. like I said, it's that commitment to those little details that really elevate your game and push you forward. And Chicago, again, that kind of, you know, mirroring it. I watched a first round pick in 2018 get healthy scratched for guys who are career AHLers because he wasn't willing to to do the dirty work, do the little things. And now he's exiled off to Germany to finish off his contract. And you never would have expected a guy like him to be in his position, but that's that, like I said, when, when everyone's skilled, you got to find a way to rise above the cream or awful metaphor, but you kind of get what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. The cream of the crop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking of. Combining but, two analogies there. You should listen to some of Scotty and I's episodes where we're just like, what am I even trying to say right now? Like what, what are the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah, we, mostly uh, that, we just let analogies flow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think for especially for coming over from Sweden, where it's not as physical of a game, and then getting attuned to that North American style, and not just getting tuned into it, but again, as we saw in the last month, really thriving with it and continuing to produce, continuing to impress. I think you know he he met those challenges, and I think he's he's overcome them for sure. Who do you expect of the Red Wings prospects uh, that are not with the Griffins to be with the Griffins next season? I would love to see Omer Soderblom here. Mm, that's I mean, a good one. So yeah, boring. I just, I mean, I, we keep seeing, you know, all the, all the little clips on Twitter and everything of just this monster behemoth. And it, it, it all depends on, how you know ready we feel that they are for this North American ice, kind of like Bergeron. You you know the skill set, but if they're not ready for that extra step up in physicality, well then you know. And it's not to say that the SHL is you know any kind of step down from the AHL or anything. It's just a different style. I mean, these bigger are ice too. Guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And it's just it's it's a way. It's it's a different game. It is what it is. But I would. I'd love to see William Wallander here yeah. as well. That would be that would be fantastic. And I, I think that just that those those a couple of those the breath of fresh air because right now it seems like you got Bergren as you know tier one far and away. Then you got McIsaac, you got Sabrango, you have Seth Barton, who's another third round pick, another really interesting one who you know, again, was hurt the first half of the year. Then he spent some time down in Toledo. And then, you know, kind of getting his legs under him as this team's going through a playoff race. I, he had his, his flashes of, of good plays and his flashes of eh, not-so-good plays. And I think it had, you know, having a full season of him around, and I, it would make just a couple of these guys coming over from Sweden would make this just such a much more – I don't want to say interesting, but certainly from a, a future Red Wings perspective, I feel like the actual farm teams over there in Frolunda, and then we're kind yeah, of yeah, no, no, for <laughs> real, yeah. <laughs> so you're not, 
Well, and I think too, in my personal opinion, that if Simon Edmondson doesn't make the NHL roster at camp, he'll he'll be with Grand Rapids. I think that oh. he he's he's play, after the year he had over in Sweden, that he doesn't have much left to prove. There's nothing think, left to prove over there. I, right I think you go to Grand Rapids next if you're not ready for the NHL level. Right, he's either um, going to skip it or he's going to start there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they put, send him back to Sweden because they they're going to probably ha- want to have him on tap ready well, to just, go. Well, yeah, they also just NHL got ready. him on a on the entry level deal yeah. and everything. Right, I, and yeah. Elmer Soderbaum's right around the corner on that. Like they they're saying that he's next on the entry level contract. So I think mm-hmm. you're going to get a couple of those Swedes over there in Grand Rapids, and the next year those fun. Griffins yeah. are going to be. On a pure skill level, going to be really, really exciting. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for it. I, I'm. I, I'd, I'd probably faint if I heard that Edmonton was getting, you know, a couple <laughs> games sent down here and just to and sell the jerseys, out. just to get him in a, a right. jersey to sell them. Like that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we were all, you know, I think we're kind of, you know, just expecting another, you know, cider where a guy comes in and just blows the door down. So you kind of got to, I don't want to say temper your expectations a bit because this kid is just, you know, we've seen what he can do and he's insanely talented, but you got to remember that Cider spent some time down here in Grand Rapids as well. I mean, it's, you got, you got to like really think about it because that was, you know, pre COVID, which feels like, you know, BC at this point, (laughs) but but when you think about it, you know, Cider learned a lot about how this game was played over here then. You know, COVID happened. He dominated the the Swedish league before he he finally became a full time Red Wing. But maybe maybe Simon's gonna have to follow the same thing. And again, I would love it. I don't, you know, not necessarily sure if that's exactly what's gonna happen. I mean, yeah, I know we're gonna have some roster or some holes in the roster to fill up here. So this is a long long off season. I know we're kind of, you know, just getting to the beginning of it here for the wings and for, and for the Griffins. But, you know, there's a lot of time, a lot of, I mean, these guys grow a lot. They're going to be hitting the gym constantly. And Simon might come in and, you know, Steve might say he's ready. He's good to go. We're going to keep him. Um, You know, break my heart. But again, if I can get a little bit of uh, Soderblom and Wallander, I think I'll, I, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> um, Andrew, it was an absolute pre- pleasure. I have one more I, question. Oh, oh, go ahead, Scotty. Andrew, I'm going to tell you a riddle. Oh man, here we go. All right, this is this is a. I, I just saw Batman, so I'm a little worried here. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know the answer, you can stop me at any point. Okay. All right. A a person rides into town on a horse. On Friday. Two days later, he rides out of town. Still, it's on Friday. How is that possible? Uh, I got to say I'm stomped. Um, <laughs> that does that not help my narrative. That does not help your narrative. Okay, it Scotty does, and, I, does not. Scotty and I have an argument. Friday. The horse's okay. name was Friday, which is so why two days later you're so Friday. Oh, it's an on horse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brian <laughs> have been debating for since, since I took over. Joined the show, like very early on, probably like seven, eight months now. Um, I made a passing comment about like, oh, the horse's name was Friday, because I thought everyone knew the riddle. And like it was a like big part of like all my friends knew it like I, I was like i thought everybody knew it and brian was like i have no idea what that is so now <laughs> every like, single guest we have on 
we ask if they, if they had if they know the riddle or not. And so far, only one guest. That's literally no. not true. He just says one every time. Well, it goes up to like nine or ten. <laughs> no, no. So, not, so it's well more than Armando one. of Lockdown Panthers knew it. Lockdown Panthers knew. Who else knew it? I one. One, again once, once you started going through. Panthers. I was like, oh man, of course. I <laughs> See, I, I've heard it before, but I had to really like wind through some of the dust and the cobwebs in the back of my mind. So you've heard it before? No, I don't count it. I do not count it. I, no, I mean, I yeah, no, I I, so I gave he's up. I, heard it I, before, Brian. You hear that? Uh-huh. Yeah, no. yeah, Scotty. Okay, Andrew, <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic having you on. You gave us a, a good uh, perspective on the Griffin season. Where can people read your stuff? Follow you? Yeah, listen to your stuff? Everything plug you everything you want. Any for content sure. you make. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you guys mentioned, but I write for uh, FieldPassHockey.com. You can find my griffins and chicago wolves content if anyone's interested in what's going to be going on with the ahl playoffs this year because grand rapids kind of well they're going to be watching from the outside but they're going to be golfing yeah no i mean beautiful golf courses out in western michigan (laughs) that's for sure but uh you can also follow me on on twitter you can my handle is at fph griffins or again with the wolves at fph wolves um, I love live tweeting during the games. I love interacting with fans and just, just, if you couldn't tell, I just love talking about hockey. So you'll find my, you know, my articles, my live tweets, my, you know, I'll, I'll meme it up every now and then it's, I try and give the people what they want. So you can find me there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right, Scotty, you and I will be back on Friday for a new episode as we preview the New Jersey devils game. The final game of the season for the Detroit Red Wings. Last game. And uh, that'll be it for the week. We'll be back on Monday after that. So, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.